Universe Podcast, your source for all the latest Batman news related to movies, television, merchandise, and video games. Thanks for making the Batman Universe your ultimate source for Batman news. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Batman Universe podcast, episode number 70. I'm your host, Dustin, and today we have with us... This is John. This is Melinda. We are bringing you the latest movie, TV, merchandise, video game, and general news from the month of September, as well as a spotlight character who, for this episode, will be Calendar Man in honor of his appearance in the upcoming release of Batman Arkham City. And also our feature is going to be talking about Batman Arkham City. We're kind of going to do a recap of a number of different things that we know about the game before the game actually is released. So, let's get right into movie news. different things happened in the month of September for the Batman movies, but the very first thing we have comes on September 12th, and MTV caught up with the mayor of Gotham City, Nestor Carbonell, and he had plenty of things to say about The Dark Knight Rises. So let's take a listen. I finished my part on, on The Dark Knight Rises uh, a couple months ago in, uh, in Pittsburgh, about a month ago in Pittsburgh. It was just a lot of fun. It was nice to go back to, to you know, to Chris Nolan's world and get to play sort of the mayor again. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, I mean, what, what is it like kind of the final experience? Like, does it feel that they're for the final? What does it feel like? Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it was. I mean, it's, you know, he's announced that this is his last sort of, you know, uh, uh, you know uh, uh, go at the Batman. And, uh, but uh, yeah, it was. I mean, and, and if it is indeed the last one for him, it, it certainly you know goes out big because it's it's massive. I mean, it is you know just what I saw. The sets were just unbelievable. Yeah. I, I, I when we were shooting a scene, one particular scene out exterior outside, I snuck around to see sort of the image on the dolly of what the DP, you know, Wally Pfister, Academy Award winner, for, and I looked at it and I said, oh, I just immediately thought, wow, I, I see why he is. Here who he is. It's beautifully framed, beautifully shot. Some of the, some, half of it's on IMAX. I mean, wow. What do you think is kind of the, the, the pictures that have released, the, the official ones? Yeah. 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 yeah, I mean, I, I, I was thrilled with, you know, everything I saw was being shot. And, uh, you know, he's an incredible, he's one of these amazing storytellers. You know, in, in, our, in our sort of generation, he really is, he is one of the guys, you know, who's, who's just, who, who has sort of taken that genre and grounded it and done something with it that hasn't been done before. I mean, he's just made it, made it that much more real and much more accessible. And he's made a psychological thriller out of all of them. So, no, he's great. He's amazing. Did you get in any of the action? 
It's really hard for me to say. I mean, uh, you know, I, I, I really, I, I can't say. But, 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 uh, you know, it was great to sort of reteam with. That's all I can say with, with, with a cast for the old, the old guard. Uh, great, great to see Mr. Oldman again. He's the man. He's the man. And uh, you know, I've seen, you've seen the trailer, right? Already, you can tell the guy's. He's unbelievable. All right, so that was Nestor Carbonell over on MTV. It's just interesting to see, you know, despite the fact that obviously no one can actually talk about what's going to happen in The Dark Knight Rises, which, you know, there's enough things getting leaked out from the sets that it really doesn't matter what the actors actually say and what they don't say. Nice to see that no matter who is involved in this project, every single person is super excited about what's going to happen. Yeah, I think so as well. I think it's nice to see that everyone's a imbued with that enthusiasm because sometimes they'll you know they can interview stars and they'll just go yeah it's going all right it was all right it was great yeah and it never fills you with confidence whereas this way i'm even more confident that it's going to be good fingers crossed and it just seems to be such genuine excitement to be working on something like this so i think that's really nice to see the next bit of news comes on September 20th. Warner Brothers sent over a press release announcing that they will be revealing the Catwoman animated short that will be attached to Batman Year One at New York Comic Con, but they will also be revealing the first Justice League Doom footage also at New York Comic Con. For those of you who are unaware, New York Comic Con is October 13th through the 16th. Steve Rogers from the website will be in attendance and getting all the latest news for the Batman universe. But there's tons of things going on in New York Comic Con, and it's nice to see that even though we already were treated to Batman Year One's premiere back in July for San Diego Comic Con, it's good to see that the animated short's going to debut, as well as footage from Justice League Doom. Yeah, it is nice to see that that New York Comic Con's getting bits and pieces, because I was listening to another podcast where they were talking about how they felt San Diego wasn't the big comic-con anymore it was new york so i think it's interesting that they've given it a smaller smaller thing but i've seen pictures from the sneak preview of justice league doom it looks really really good quite excited again i'm excited about everything let's be honest i think the animation looks really good on it i'm excited to see it actually revealed i want to see the full short in its entirety, rather than <clears throat> trying to judge it on a small clip, though, when it comes out. All right, the next bit of news we have, September 21st. Warner Brothers sent us over the very first official clip from Batman Year One, side of the trailer that we've seen before, but the Batman Year One dinner party clip is now on our YouTube page, as well as the website, so you can check that out. It essentially shows Batman dealing with the crime families of Gotham City, Definitely watch that that clip. You can see the animation style and see how good it really will be come October 18th. Yeah, this looks amazing. Ben McKenzie, for, as a choice for Batman, works spot on. It's amazing how just like Batman he sounds. When I read the book, it, uh, I hear him how he says it, and it, it it's fantastic when he just come you know blows the the wall through so cool if you are at all unconvinced that benjamin mckenzie can do batman's voice watch that clip like that was what sold me more than anything else watching him just very slowly extinguish 
the flame on the uh, flambe. I, I got chills. I'm not afraid to say it. Part of the news from Warner Brothers was also that the the film, although it's being released on Blu-ray and DVD on October 18th, actually as early as October 11th will actually be available for download through iTunes, Xbox Live, Zune, Voodoo HD Movies, Video Unlimited on the PlayStation Network, and the Sony Entertainment Network. So you can check out the movie via download as early as October 11th. So those of you who can't wait till the actual movie is released on Blu-ray or DVD, you can actually see it a week early. I think that's DC waking up to the fact that there's digital downloads. Because before, on iTunes and, and things like that, it's taken ages for the, the films to come over as digital downloads, isn't it? Because I remember... I think Red Under the Red Hood took a while to go over to to iTunes, and I've only just downloaded it. So it's nice for it to come out them to come over quickly and come over early as well. I think it's half that, half them wanting to stop any leaks beforehand by saying, "Well, look, you can get your legitimate copy a week before. You know, we're not going to stop you from downloading it. We're even going to provide the tools." Yeah. I think that's. I think in today's day and age, I think that's one of the most important points. Is especially with some of the things that have happened in the comic book world with the digital releases. I think everybody's kind of woken up with how fast some of this stuff can actually get online illegally. So they're providing a way for everyone to get it legally first, which is really nice. The last bit of movie news on September twenty seventh. Uh, Warner Brothers announced the all-star cast for Justice League Doom. Part of this was announced due to the fact that the footage at New York Comic Con is going to be revealed, but also some of the panel members for the panel at New York Comic Con didn't really make sense because none of them were actually appearing in Batman Year One, so it was, hmm, why are these people appearing? And two of those people, Kevin Conroy and Nathan Fillion, they are appearing at the panel for the... Catwoman short and the Justice League Doom footage, and they are actually appearing in it as well. To run through these characters, Nathan Fillion is playing his role as Green Lantern, Tim Daly is returning as Superman, Kevin Conroy as Batman, Susan Eisenberg as Wonder Woman, Michael Rosenbaum as Flash, Carl Lumbly as John Jones slash the Martian Manhunter, and introducing Bumper Robinson as Cyborg. They also gave a little bit of a synopsis to the film. I've been told that it's based off of the Tower of Babel storyline from the JLA series. I recently read that series to kind of understand a little bit more about what the movie's actually going to be about. And I think the movie is just an adaptation of it, but not a direct adaptation. Specifically because of this paragraph that Warner Brothers provided. The Justice League faces two sets of villainous teams in the film. The Royal Flush Gang and a sextet of noble evildoers. The latter group includes three voice acting alumni from the Justice League animated series. Phil Morris as Vandal Savage. Olivia Daobo as Star Sapphire. And Alexis Dinosov as Mirror Master. Also opposing our heroes are Carlos Elazaraki as Bane, Paul Blackthorne as Metallo, and Claudia Black as Cheetah. Now, this is what I have to say. I read the series, Bane, Cheetah, Cyborg, Metallo, Star Sapphire, Mirror Master, Vandal Savage, none of these people appeared in the in the story. So this is definitely, and neither did the Royal Flush Gang either. So definitely this story is a different take of what's actually in the comics, 
which in some senses I'm, I'm excited about because it's nice to see something that's not directly related to the comics, but at the same time taking bits and pieces from the comics, which is which is also good to see. Also, in the actual story from the comics, Green Lanterns is uh, not Hal Jordan, but is Kyle Rayner, and in this film it will actually be Hal Jordan, Green Lantern, not Kyle Rayner. So there are some definitely different takes on the series, on the film from the comics, but nonetheless, I'm, I'm very interested to see what they've come up with. I've enjoyed all of the voice work that I've seen these people do, but I haven't actually had a chance to see any of the Justice League stuff. All right, so that is all of our movie news. Let's move into TV news. This is Cat Grant reporting live from New Orleans' historic French Quarter, where the Martian Manhunter and Superman are in mid-battle against the so-called Terror Twins, who have been on a three-state rampage through the South. There has been a number of different episodes of both Young Justice and Batman Brave and the Bold that have aired during the month of September. We're going to go through some of those episodes real quick and briefly tell you what was in the episodes as well as um, any guest appearances by any other Batman-related characters. So, first let's start with Young Justice. Going back to September 16th was the first new episode, which was actually the episode that aired back in... July at San Diego Comic-Con, but this episode is entitled Targets, and it included Red Arrow uh, preventing Cheshire from assassinating Lex Luthor. Wendy and Marvin are the Wonder Twins, as we know. They actually appeared in the episode as well, and Ra's al Ghul has actually teamed up in in sense with uh, Lex Luthor to further the goals of the light. Sportsmaster also makes an appearance as well. On September 23rd, Superman and Martian Manhunter defeat the Terror Twins in New Orleans. With the Terror Twins defeated, Batman has Superboy and Miss Martian disguise themselves as the Terror Twins to infiltrate Belle Reve since the ice-based villains that were defeated were sent there. Disguised Superboy and Miss Martian arrive at Belle Reve, which is run by Warden Amanda Waller, a prison psychiatrist Hugo Strange, when in the mail section of Belle Reeve, Superboy hears a plot by Icicle Senior to break out of jail. At the end of the episode, Superboy and Miss Martian kiss when Megan gets thawed. And this included Mr. Freeze as well. And then on September 30th, when Mount Justice itself is attacked by two relatives of Red Tornado called Red Inferno and Red Torpedo, Artemis and Robin, the two teens without superpowers, must save the team from the unknown invaders. Betty Kane and Barbara Gordon make small appearances in this episode as students at Gotham Academy with Artemis and Robin. So that was Young Justice. Quite quite a couple of new episodes. Uh, there are at least three more episodes set to air in the month of October, including Alpha Male, Revelation, and Humanity. They deal with everyone from Captain Marvel to the Injustice League to Zatanna. So look forward to those episodes. Yeah, it's nice to see Young Justice back on our TVs. I haven't watched the episodes. I've seen a couple of clips, and they look really good. They're at the same standard that when we left it, and I like them, and I'd definitely be going out and watching these couple of episodes and, and getting my Young Justice fix. 
I've always liked Young Justice. I've, I liked it when it premiered. I, and I was really happy to see it come back. I'm waiting for those episodes to be aired up in Canada, but I, from what I've seen of clips of them, I have no doubt that I'm going to enjoy them just as much as I enjoyed the first ones. Then moving into Batman Brave and the Bold, three episodes have also aired of this show. The first one on September 16th was Scorn of the Star Sapphire. Wonder Woman makes an appearance to team up with Batman during the teaser. And then the main plot includes the Tattooed Man and Major Disaster with Batman teaming up with Hal Jordan to fight Star Sapphire. This episode originally was supposed to air way, way, way back when. And the episode was actually held back for whatever reason. It was supposed to air, I believe, back in June. And we posted all the information for the episode back then. But the episode was held back until September 16th. The next episode, September 23rd, the teaser featured Creeper teaming with Batman to fight Hellgramite. And the main plot has Batman disappearing after a fight with Catman and the Justice League International and Rip Hunter have to travel through time to stop the minions of Equinox from wiping out all the incarnations of Batman throughout time. This is a he- heavily references Batman The Return of Bruce Wayne, the Grant Morrison storyline from the comics just about a year ago, a little over a year ago. But it was nice to see we saw Caveman Batman, Roman Guard Batman, Pirate Batman. Definitely some interesting stuff that is pulled straight out of the comics. And the last episode that aired was Sword of the Atom. The teaser featured Aquaman doing a musical number to spoof a 50 sitcom called The Curies of Atlantis. And the main plot has Batman and the second Adam, Ray Palmer, working together against the Cannoneer, the Dwarf Star, and the Thinker. And later, Aquaman also joins up with Adam and Batman to defeat the Chancellor Doragus. Definitely an interesting one. The, the musical number is something that, obviously, Batman Brave and Bold has come to be a little bit more known for, was the musical episodes and the musical bits that have been placed in the show that just kind of play off of some of the abnormal the abnormal elements of Batman from Batman's past. I've been quite harsh on Batman the Raven the Bold and I was thinking back and looking at these episodes I'm fully justified in being harsh. I've got nothing good to say about these things. I, I just didn't like them and thank God it's ending. So the Green Lantern episode that you talked about being delayed from June to September, I think might have been because they didn't want two conflicting views of Green Lantern in kids' eyes in June. Like That's the only thing I could think of for it, yeah. it being pushed back. But the rest of these episodes, I mean, that's, this is a kid's show. This is aimed at kids. I think this is a perfect way to introduce them into Batman. And I think, I mean, I love any appearance of Rip Hunter. I won't even lie about that one. That He is such a great character. So I'm happy that he got brought into Batman the Brave and the Bold and that they were able to tie it into the return of Bruce Wayne, even though I didn't particularly care for that storyline. All right, and then the upcoming episodes that we know of for the month of October are The Triumvirate of Terror. The teaser has the Justice League International going against the Legion of Doom in a baseball game. And the main plot has Batman teaming up with Superman and Wonder Woman to go against the Joker, Lex Luthor, and Cheetah. Bold Beginnings, scheduled for October 14th. The teaser has Batman teaming up with Space Ghost. And the main plot has Green Arrow, Plastic Man, and Aquaman 
captured by Mr. Freeze, and Batman has to go against the Cavalier, Ruby Rider, and Babyface, and Black Manta to kind of get those, get his friends back. And the last episode that we know of for October will be on October 21st, which is uh, Powerless. The teaser will feature the Jokers of all nations going against the Batman of all nations, which probably is the most interesting thing I can, I'm looking forward to out of these episodes. And the main plot has Captain Adam teaming or going against Major Force. So those are the episodes for October. We're coming down to not very many episodes actually left for Batman Brave and the Bold. We know of at least, I want to say, there's at least three more episodes past what we're going to watch in October. But then on top of that, there's still the Birds of Prey episode that never made it to the States due to some weird dialogue in the musical number. Not weird, but innuendo dialogue that was that was in the dialogue of one of the musical numbers in that episode that featured Catwoman, Huntress, Black Canary. So we'll probably see that episode way into the future, but for now we, we haven't seen it and we don't know when we'll see it. But we do know that uh, there's at least three more episodes past October before the before the series comes to a close. That song really was inappropriate. I don't know how I got it, but I've I've got a copy of the song, and that was that was not a song that I would want playing around like six or seven year old kids. You thank Gail Simone for that. Of course we can. All right. So that is all the TV news. Make sure you're checking out those episodes of Young Justice and Batman Braving the Bold in the month of October. Let's move into merchandise news. Mr. Freeze and the Penguin are taking over the new Lego Batcave. You can take control. Arm the weapon tower. Launch the net. Stop the henchmen. And put Mr. Freeze on ice. It's up to you to reclaim the Batcave. You control the action. With a new Lego Batman collection. The very first thing we have is on September 13th. Toy News International released some information from Cotabakia talking about some Batman silicone trays. You may be thinking, what exactly is this? I find these interesting because essentially what it is, it's a silicone mold. It looks like a jello mold, but it's a silicone pan. You can actually make a number of different things with these silicone pans. Specifically, you can make cupcakes, you can make jello, you can make all kinds of different things, but it's in the form of the bat signal. So when you actually put them down, you have bat signal mold already imprinted in your item of choice. So I thought those were pretty cool. Those will be available in April of 2012. Yeah, bat ice cubes always go down well at a party. That's right. I frequently thought that my baking needs to incorporate more Batman. This is how I'm going to do it. All right, September 16th, Combo Resources revealed that New Era will be releasing an exclusive cap for the release of Batman Arkham City at New York Comic Con. And the cap features art from the game on the bill of the hat, as well as the wearer of the cap as an honorary inmate of Arkham City. So you can check out the pictures online. If you're going to New York Comic Con, check out the, the actual hat and pick yourself up one. I'm not going to be uh, going near these. When I wear a hat, I look like I'm 12. And it's embarrassing, but I'm sure there's a market for them somewhere. I'm also not a hat person, but I don't really like the the design of this hat. I mean, I, I like New Era caps. I think that they have their time in place, but I just don't 
really see the cross-promotion that they're trying to achieve with this one. All right, September 19th, the new DC Direct items were announced for May of 2012, but we actually have some figures that will be heading into stores as early as December. First thing that was announced was a Batman black and white statue by Sam Keith. This will be $95 and be on sale May 9th, 2012. But the probably the more interesting items that were announced as far as the Batman universe goes was the Batman Arkham City Series 1. And these include Batman, Harley Quinn, and Robin, all sold separately, of course. And they will be on sale December 21st, 2011. One of the most interesting things about the actual announcement of this set of characters is that this set of characters will not only be available in comic shops, but will also be available at a wide range of actual large retailers. No names specifically, but I get the feeling that Toys R Us may be one of those places that these figures are available at. And it's, it's nice to see that DC Direct is getting outside of the comic book shops and getting other places because that gives them the advantage of being available to a wider market and meaning more things can get made in the future. So I'm, I'm happy to see that. I think the Robin figure looks so cool. It, it really, really captures the essence of him that I've seen from the game, and that is definitely going onto my wish list. It, it, it looks really good. Harley Quinn, I can kind of leave her. She, I don't know what it is. She just doesn't look right and it's the figure looks weird but maybe that's just me i don't like the batman black and white statue that the angle of his neck reminds me of plastic man and i think i just don't understand how that pose is physically possible if you have bones so i will not be picking that up but out of the arkham city figures i really like the design on all three of them like john said that robin looks amazing. I think that the detailing on Harley Quinn's costume, at least from what I can see, shows that a lot of work has gone into these. I really, really like the fact that Bruce isn't wearing his cowl for this figure, because sometimes it's nice to get a Bruce Wayne figure and not a Batman figure. I would agree with that statement. All right, so that is all the merchandise news. Let's move right into video game news. Well, have a good night, Steve. You too, Frank. Any plans? Nothing special. You? Nope. Same old, same old. A number of different things because Batman Arkham City is right around the corner. On September 5th, GameSpot revealed their first spot for their exclusive, which is the Joker Challenge Maps. Pre-order your item through GameStop. We have both commercials actually on the YouTube page for you to check out. Basically, the, the commercials show Batman taking out a number of thugs inside the actual carnival map for the Joker. On September 6th, Rocksteady revealed something called New Game Plus, and this is something that's very different than before, but they answered a number of questions about this New Game Plus mode, and I'm going to run through some of those. So it says, how do I unlock New Game Plus? Finish the game on normal or hard mode. 
What do I start New Game Plus with? All your gadgets from the end of your first playthrough and all of your experience, including unlocked upgrades. What is different? No counter icons on the thugs, which is the signals above their heads saying they're about to hit you. Different thug levels, tougher thugs are available from the start of the game, different thug configuration, and increased difficulty for the bosses. The bosses will be even more cunning. How is this different from hard mode? The main difference is that you will have all of your gadgets and experience, so even though the enemies may be tougher, you will have the technical upper hand. Is New Game Plus 1 difficulty setting? Yes, regardless of whether you finish the game on normal or hard, New Game Plus will be the same difficulty. Can I still replay the game without New Game Plus? Yes, you can. However, it won't start you with all your gadgets. So this is quite interesting because it gives the game a little bit more replay value, for those of you who are concerned about not, you know, thinking that 40 hours isn't enough time to play a game, that that's a lot of time to play a game. And to be able to play through it again from the very beginning with all of your gadgets and all your upgrades, definitely interesting. I think this was a huge idea that Rocksteady came up with. And I'm not sure if this has been done with other video games because I don't play a ton of video games outside of Batman video games, but... I've got to say this is this is huge because even though there's not yes there's challenge maps but there's not a multiplayer that's going to make it so that you can play this for hours and hours and hours and even if there was a multiplayer where you would be co-op with somebody else the idea of being able to actually play through it differently than the first time means that there's a reason to go back through even if it might just be for all of the Riddler trophies because you have all the gadgets from the beginning. I think this was a great idea. So, basically, once you've completed it on normal or hard, you can go and play it on what is essentially, basically, a little bit extra hard. Yes. Uh, uh, meh. It's been done in other games. They could just do that from the start for people who want a big challenge. Uh, I'm not impressed by this. Maybe that's just me being difficult and cynical, but I don't think it adds really anything to the game. Yeah, it's nice going back and doing it with all your gadgets, but will I actually go out and play it on extra hard? No, not really. I think it's interesting that they chose to introduce this because they've talked about how there's all these side maps and side challenges, and if you just choose to ignore those and go through the game and finish it on normal or hard, you can then go back with all of your gadgets and experience and play those side maps. Like Dustin was saying, find the Riddler trophies, that kind of stuff. I think it's a really great idea to do it because it does give you that, not quite a hand up because everybody is tougher and you're not going to get warned when they hit you, but you have all of the gadgets when you're trying to do those side maps, so it is still sort of a hand up. Why couldn't they have just done a free play at the end of the game and gone, you've completed it, now go oh, you can. Oh, you, you can. You can still go around after you finish the game and go around and get more Riddler trophies. There's nothing that says you can't do that because that was the same thing that they did in Arkham Asylum. The whole idea is just being able to go back from the very beginning and you know be able to go through the storyline and do something completely different than what you did in the first place because you have gadgets. Because the gadgets kind of, you know, they play a much larger role than just your fists. And when you go through the first place, you you have your fists and you've got some gadgets, but you don't have all of the gadgets. 
And the idea behind it is you can use the gadgets to do completely different things when taking down the thugs, even if it is harder. Oh, that makes a bit more sense, but I don't know, it still doesn't really appeal to me. It, I, I, I kind of, yeah, fair enough, it could be exciting doing that and, you know, rather than beating the hell out of a villain, you know, you can go up onto a building and then swoop down, take them out that way. But does it need to be done on extra hard just to have extra villains around and about and, and you've got a few extra fights rather than doing it that way? I, I just, I, I don't see see the appeal or the point of it. Or maybe that's just me. So... Moving on to the next bit of news, September 6th also announced from Warner Brothers that Batman Arkham City will get its own soundtrack featuring all new tracks from Daughtry, Panic of the Disco, Coheed and Cambria, Black Rubble Motorcycle Club, and more to be released from Water Tower Records on October 4th. Uh, Twelve original and distinctive tracks will be on this, and this will actually probably be available as you're listening to this podcast, so you can check that out. Um... Or you could just wait until the actual game comes out and buy it then. But I've heard a lot of decent things about some of these uh, tracks on here. And according to this, if you get the Collector's Edition, you get an extra track from the group A Place to Bury Strangers. Now, I'm not sure if that's actually a collector's... That's, that's actually what you get with the Collector's Edition of the game. will include the download for the album... And with the additional bonus content. So you can check that out if you're not getting the, the collector's edition of the game. It doesn't have Bat Dance by Prince. And it doesn't have Gotham City by uh, What's-His-Face. Was it R. Kelly? Yeah. No, yeah, yeah, Gotham City by R. Kelly. Yeah, I'm not buying it because it doesn't have those two classic songs on there. I'm sorry. I would get it for the Coheed and Cambria song alone. They, uh, Claudio Sanchez, their lead singer... Uh, I think put out a couple of comics to go along with their second and third albums. I think it was. Anyway, he's got he's got such a fantastic understanding about how music and mythology work together. So I I want to get this very much. So I will be getting it as well. I'm looking forward to this as well. All right, September 16th, a new villain was announced for Batman Arkham City over on Game Trailers TV, and the villain is none other than Deadshot. It's very unclear exactly what uh, we're going to see from Deadshot, other than he's going to be murdering people around Arkham City. He actually snuck into Arkham City and posed as an inmate so that he could get in there to kill people. Batman is its kind of going to be a side mission where Batman's trying to figure out why he's killing these specific people why he actually wanted to get in Arkham City to take out these people. So you can look forward to Deadshot being in the game as well. I think the art on him is great, but I'm more curious to find out why he's in the game. So I look forward to that that little challenge where you use detective mode for that. Alright, the next bit of news, September 19th. Big news from Sony Online Entertainment, the makers of DC Universe Online. In October, sometime in October, we don't know exactly when, but sometime in October, DC Universe Online goes to free-to-play, and what that means is you will no longer be having to pay monthly subscriptions, but you will actually be able to play the game free. They will have three levels of access to the game. The free access, which will be able to have all the current gameplay, 
in Gotham City, Metropolis, and all the current raids and alerts. For $5 a month, you'll be part of the premium tier, which means you will. this will include all former paid subscribers and new players who purchase $5 of any in-game items. It's not, you actually, you're not actually paying a subscription, you're paying $5 for items. You will be part of the premium access and have more benefits available to them other than the free level player, including additional character slots, additional inventory slots, and higher cash limits. Downloadable adventure packs, additional character slots, and more can be purchased in the game. And the legendary tier says maximum features and benefits are included at this level, loaded with enhanced additional features. Legendary access will be available for $14.99 monthly fee and includes all DLC packs at no cost, more than 15 character slots, and more than 80 inventory slots. The ability to form unrestricted sized leagues and many other benefits. So essentially, those of you who have not played the game and are interested in the game but never liked the idea of paying a monthly subscription fee, now you can purchase the game and play for free sometime in October. Unclear exactly when this exactly is going to start, just says October. But in addition to that, for those of you who were paying and don't want to pay as much, you can pay $5 by buying $5 of items, and you have more slots. And those of you who are super into the game, have been paying from the beginning, you have the option of having a number of extra features just by continuing to pay your monthly fee, uh, which I think is a little bit higher than it was before. So I think it's interesting. This has actually prompted me to maybe consider getting the game and playing it. I was not a big fan of being having to pay a monthly fee. Spending $60 on a game and spending, I think it was $12 a month to actually play the game is a little steep since I don't have a ton of time to play the game as it is. But be able to just buy the game and be able to play it as I please, that's interesting to me. And I might actually go back and actually get this game. I can't imagine this has gone down very well with people who have paid monthly fees or people who um, I know there are some people out there who've paid lifetime subscriptions I can understand the move and I think it's a good one it's nice that it's becoming free but you know if I'd paid money for it and been paying the subscription fees and things like that I think I'd be a little bit hacked off that it was now free and, and not really feel very valued. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how Sony tackle a lot of disgruntled people who've paid and subscribed to it. Uh, it does seem a little bit like they're doing this to drive business rather than to make it easier on the people who are already playing and who are already paying. Like, like John said, if there are people who have lifetime subscriptions, I would expect that that transfers over and gives them legendary status but that's something they haven't considered then they really need to be taking that into consideration i definitely think this game over time well there's been a number of factors they missed their their initial release date by about two months and all the hype surrounding the game kind of dwelled down because of the release date getting pushed back for about two months but then on top of that with everything that happened with the sony playstation network getting hacked account details being hacked and the network being down for almost, I want to say it was a couple weeks in April and the beginning of May, 
and then the the actual DC Universe Online servers being down for a, a couple different periods of time. I think overall the game has just had a ridiculously bad year as far as you know being able to keep players actually on the game and I think moving to the free model is a good idea because it'll keep people playing the game who don't necessarily want to shell out the money every single month and eventually the game would have to go to free anyway because otherwise the game uh, you know eventually people are just not going to be able to be wanting to be paying the money every single month so with that let's move into our next bit on September 20th it was announced by Rocksteady that Batman Arkham City will be delayed for PCs instead of the October 18th release date for uh, North America October 19th for Australia and October 21st for Europe and elsewhere it looks like they are pushing it back to November they do not have a specific date but they do say that uh, they will be letting us know as soon as they have a new date so you can if you're waiting for Batman Arkham City on PC you'll have to wait just a little bit longer but they say it's worth the wait they're working out some of the kinks and making sure that it's as good as it could be so you can definitely look forward to the PC version of the game coming out in November. A couple of different things happened on September 22nd. The first thing is that Rocksteady announced that the game is complete and shipping off to the distributors so that the game will actually make it to shelves. So it's not so the game is done. It's not going to miss its release date by any means. There was also a new trailer released. This one is focusing specifically on the Joker and Batman's relationship with the Joker. And then also from this trailer, we might have actually gotten our first glance of Talia in the video game. And it appears that she could be working with the Joker. We haven't seen Talia appear in any video game. We've just seen the, uh, the art that was released at Comic-Con regarding Talia. But she actually appears in a less than half second bit of the actual new trailer featuring the Joker. Talia is actually standing behind the Joker as Joker is about to kick Batman in the face. So... Could Ra's al Ghul's daughter be having a large role within this game when it comes to the Joker? I guess we'll have to wait and see on October 18th. The Joker trailer looks absolutely amazing. It's hinted and teased at, at what we can expect. Uh, obviously, we'll go into this more in the feature, but it's clear from, from what he says that the Joker's got something up his sleeve, and it makes me wonder who's... Pulling the strings, actually, Joker, is it Hugo Strange? Is he pulling the strings? Is Talia pulling the strings? Who is? It actually made me doubt what I think about this game, which is a good thing. I thought the the trailer was really well done. It's it's very fast paced. You don't really get a good look at too much of anything, with the exception of Joker's face in one shot, which creeped me out completely. He looks terrifying in this game. I am so excited to see it. Talk more about Batman Arkham City when we get to the feature. Batman! Why is he running, Dad? Because we have to chase him. Because he can take it. Because he's not a hero. He's a silent guardian. A watchful protector. In the dark night. I don't get it. Neither do I, son. But it sounds cool. As I ride on my bike at the end of Dark Night, there's a few plot points that just don't 
don't feel right. Like, why the hell did I agree to take the rap? Harvey Dent killed those people. Who gives a crap? And the Joker pulls crimes in such an orderly manner. He must write it down in an evil day planner. His henchmen are psycho and expendable, yet somehow completely dependable. And why is Morgan Freeman all pissed at me? He seemed to resign kind of randomly. It's okay to build me an armor tank car, but oh, tapping phones, that's going too far. This movie of my life just doesn't hold together. As far as general news, we only have one thing to report. On September 12th, the Scream Award nominations were announced, and the Spike Spike TV's has uh, a show every single year. For the 2011 show, Grant Morrison was nominated for his work on Joe the Barbarian and Batman Incorporated, so you can cast your vote for the 2011 Scream Awards right now. The actual award show will air on October 18th. Just head over to the website, look for the link so that you can find the actual ballot for the Scream Awards. And that is all of the general news we have. So, that's going to bring us to our spotlight character. One of the villains that we know will be appearing in the game based off of a number of different things. We have actually actually seen the character in the game during one of the gameplay videos from Rocksteady is Calendar Man. So, we will be discussing Calendar Man in as our spotlight character for this episode. Yes, I was gorgeous once. I had everything. I used to be a face. I used to be the face. Until you destroyed me. Destroyed my career. I tried to get it back. For ten years I starved. Sweated. Subjected my body to surgery. After surgery. And for what? Days became weeks. Weeks became years until my time ran out. Now I only have one holiday left to celebrate. The Day of the Dead. And you're going to celebrate it with me. The Calendar Man was a costume criminal who plagued Batman from the early days of his career in Gotham City. This was in Detective Comics number 259, September 1958. Julian Gregory Day, the calendar man, first came to the attention of law enforcement when he audaciously attacked the Gotham City Planetarium, dressed like the man from the moon. He stole priceless stamps that had been hand-cancelled on the lunar surface by astronauts. His costumed antics and broad approach to crime marked him as both a deranged thief and a thrill-seeking exhibitionist. In time, he came to appreciate matching wits with Batman. He once admitted that even though killing the Dark Knight would be a red-letter day, the days that followed would be hollow. The Calendar Man based his crimes on elements taken from across history, which on the one hand made him predictable, and on the other hand made him a challenge to apprehend. He sported 16 different outfits during his first three crime sprees, to the delight of the press and the consternation of the Gotham City Police Department. Briefly, the Calendar Man worked out of a ground-level headquarters that was a shrine to timekeeping devices. Batman was at first confounded by the plethora of high-tech gear the Calendar Man employed, from lasers to sonic weaponry, but finally found an approach leading to Day's apprehension. 
The Batman and Captain James Gordon offered the incarcerated day a deal. If he provided them with the information and analysis regarding the similarly themed murderer known only as Holiday, Gordon would have Day's sentence commuted to time served. Day agreed to help and even accurately determined the killer would be a woman, which was partially correct. This was in Batman The Long Halloween, number 3, February 1997, number 8 from July 1997, and number 12, November 1997. It later turned out that Holiday was both a man, Alberto Falcone, and a woman, Gilda Dent. When Batman apprehended Falcone, he wound up in a cell facing Day at Arkham Asylum. By this time, Day had the months of the year tattooed around his shaved head. This was in Batman Dark Victory, number 0, 1999. When a new killer dubbed the Hangman began a spree in Gotham, the deaths were also linked to the calendar. Former District Attorney Harvey Dent broke Day out of Arkham and put him on a, on a mock trial with other costume felons as his jury. Dent tried to determine if Day was Hangman. Day continued to press that he had never condoned murder, and it was more likely Dent, not Day, who was the murderer. Day was freed and took advantage of the two-way mirrors and secret passages Dent had installed in Falcone's home. When Falcone was paroled from Arkham, he heard voices, which he interpreted as his dead father, urging him to go back to murdering others and then commit suicide. Driven to the edge, Falcone finally realised his father would never ask him to do these things, and he fired at the mirror from which the voice was emerging. Day was on the other side and fired his pistol as well. Day was incensed that others would steal his motif, and other costumed criminals soon made Gotham forget about the calendar man. And that's in Batman, Dark Victory 7, June 2000, issue 11, October 2000, issue 12, November 2000. Batman and Gordon arrived two hours later to find Day on the Falcone property, his jaw broken. Falcone soon after succumbed to the wound he'd received from Day. That's in Batman Dark Victory, issue 13, December 2000. The calendar man quickly returned to his over-the-top crimes, seeking the spotlight. No other criminal was bold enough to challenge Batman and Robin in print, so Day took to announcing his criminal plans in the Gotham Gazette, daring the dynamic duo to stop him. The timely criminal appeared in one-off costumes until settling on a red and white number that featured calendar pages for a cape. In addition to his spectacular solo crimes, he was recruited on several occasions for large cavers. He was once freed from prison by the eco-terrorist Ra's al Ghul and actually refused to join the mass attack on the Dark Knight. This was in Batman number 400, October 1986. His losses to Batman finally dried up his financial resources, and he was forced to remain in his one costume. As a result, he partnered with Catman and Chancer in Killer Moth's scheme to kidnap Bruce Wayne, Mayor Armand Kroll, and Commissioner Gordon for a $10 million ransom. He showed a marked difference from his peers, known as the Misfits, when he insisted the hostages not be killed, something Killer Moth was more than ready to do. And that's in Batman, Shadow of the Bat, 7-9, December to February 1993. Another failed attempt at working in a group saw Calendar Man recruited by the Criminal 2000 Committee, along with Clock King, Kronos, and the Time Commander, in an attempt to overthrow the federal government. They were stopped, despite their timely planning, by the Teen Titans with Day, having some of his hair burned off by Battalion. 
Teen Titans, number 13 to 15, October to December 1993. The Time Thieves actually reteamed again, now seeking a device that would enable them to travel through time with ease. Instead, they found themselves trapped in a temporal loop until the Time Commander shattered his powerful hourglass. That was in Showcase 94, number 10, October of 1994. The repeated time-traveling events left Day's mind rattled, and it took him some time to sort out nightmares from reality. In one nightmare, he imagined his bald-headed incarnation as a jailer at Arkham. This was in Superman number 160, September 2000. Regardless, Day faced trial for his latest crimes and was sentenced to prison, once more for experiencing a psychotic breakdown that led to his return to Arkham. He was freed when Bane released all the inmates, and he fled to try his luck in Century City, only to be thwarted by Power Girl. This time, he was sent to Blackgate Penitentiary until an earthquake destroyed the facility. Day remained in Gotham even after the federal government withdrew its support. After surviving in the No Man's Land, he eventually turned himself over to the law and was sent back to a rebuilt Arkham. There, a radical therapy was attempted, placing him in a darkened room away from calendars and reminders of time's passage. Rather than help, the solitary confinement seemed to shatter his psyche. After additional therapy, Day was surprisingly paroled. He was not at all cured, however, and grew obsessed with the time that had passed, the events and holidays he had missed, while in Arkham. Dressed in a new costume, the calendar man now wore predominantly red, including hood and cape, with gold shoulder pads and belt, and an Egyptian motif that included a pharaoh's mask and a sacred ibis on his chest. He spent five months recruiting henchmen and planning a new wave of amazing crimes. The dynamic duo concluded that his crimes were based on ancient calendars, not the modern-day Gregorian version. The villain grew more and more brazen and actually resorted to mass murder when he used a shoulder-mounted rifle to fire a missile that destroyed an airliner with 200 people aboard. Batman used his matches Malone persona to force the underworld to team up and bring Calendar Man to justice. They took down the henchmen, but Day himself remained free as he threatened a nuclear power plant with a bazooka. Batman arrived in time to spoil the shot and save Gotham. Day was arrested, tried, found guilty, and sentenced to eight years in prison. This was in Batman the 80-page giant number 3 in 2000. As far as appearances in media, uh, Calendar Man has appeared in Batman Brave and the Bold, and a female version of the character named Calendar Girl appeared in the new Batman Adventures. Calendar Man's cell appeared in Batman Arkham Asylum, and as I said earlier, Calendar Man will appear in Batman Arkham City. So that is Calendar Man. Quite an interesting character. Definitely plays a decent role in two of the more popular series with The Long Halloween and Dark Victory. Alright, so with that, let's move right into our feature. How does it feel, Wayne, to stand on the very stones that ran with your parents' blood? Does that outfit help bury your feelings? Nicely. 
City. Pre-order now. And we have a number of things to go over. Really what we're going to do is, like I said earlier, Batman Arkham City comes out October 18th in North America, October 19th in Australia, October 21st in Europe, and a number of other places. Japan, it comes out on November 23rd. But the idea of this is, the game's coming out, what can you expect from the game, should you be picking it up? Well, hands down, I'm going to start off with saying, yes, you should be picking it up, and we're going to tell you why, and that's, that's one of the things... We're, that's why we're here. So, kind of what we're going to do is, the idea behind the actual game is that if you played Batman Arkham Asylum, you know that the game ended with basically a number of different things happening at Arkham Asylum, and uh, we know that the Joker, this Titan formula was going around, and a number of people were taking the Titan formula. The Joker took it at the end of Arkham Asylum, in addition to that, a number of inmates escaped from Arkham Asylum. Not necessarily escaped, but escaped the actual asylum and were stuck on Arkham Island. And Batman had to deal with all of these villains. The events of Batman Arkham City take place roughly a year after Arkham Asylum. Quincy Sharp, who was the warden at Arkham Asylum, kind of took credit for what happened with the Joker at the end of Arkham Asylum and has used that to become mayor of Gotham City. Because of that, he he bought up the badder part of Gotham City and turned that area into Arkham City. Hugo Strange is actually in charge of Arkham City as the head psychiatrist, and the Tiger Guards is the hired military personnel, not government military, but like private military personnel that are actually in charge of securing Arkham City and making sure nobody breaks out. Batman goes in to... It's really unclear exactly why Batman goes in at this point, but we assume it's because Batman's trying to figure out the actual reason of why this is happening and what Hugo Strange is hiding and things like that. How important is it to have read the... Uh, was it was the tie-in called Arkham City? I can't remember yes. now. Yeah. How yes. important was it to have read that to understand what's going on between the two games? It's not that important. I have a feeling that the beginning of Batman Arkham City is actually going to have some sort of montage to explain exactly how how we are led to the events of Arkham City due to the fact that not everybody read the comic and I imagine that it would be it would make a lot of sense for Rock City to set the game up as a direct sequel and say this is happening because of what happened here here's how we got here the comic book which was it was a five issue series that started in May was released through August it does fill in a lot of different gaps. It's unknown as far as how much how much inside information you're actually going to have by reading the comic series. Personally, I think it'd be cool to read something in the, the comic and think, oh, I know it's a little bit more because or than than somebody who didn't read it and I have a I have a little bit of an advantage over that per, over somebody else who didn't read the comic when it comes to the video game. But I don't know that that's the case. It would be cool to see that, but I don't know if that's going to be the case. It does show Batman goes in there to actually investigate what's going on in the actual Arkham City, but at the same time, he was he's completely unaware of Hugo Strange and who Hugo Strange is and why Hugo Strange is in charge of this. That's one of the reasons he went in there, according to the comic, was because he was trying to figure out what Hugo Strange was actually plotting inside the walls of Arkham City. 
based off of what we heard from the video game itself, we don't know why Batman actually goes in there. We don't know why Hugo Strange sends his Tiger Patrol military personnel type people after Batman. We don't really know why this is. I'm sure we'll find out as time progresses, or obviously when the game comes out, but we don't know this as of now. I'm wondering if they're going to explain or develop on the end of Arkham Asylum, where you see the Scarecrow's hand grab Venom. Have they... I don't think they've said anything about that, have they? Or hinted that? They they haven't said specifically that they're going to have the Titan formula in in Batman Arkham Asylum. But the interesting thing that I, I need to point out is there's a number of actual different ways that the game actually ends. Specifically, not just... Scarecrow. There was one of three different villains who actually grabbed the box, depending on how you played the game, how you ended it. I I believe when I finished the game, I had Scarecrow as well, but I remember hearing that Killer Croc was one of the villains that also grabs it. I can't remember who the other one is off the top of my head, but I imagine that the Titan formula does have something to do with it, because Joker's still feeling the effects of the Titan formula based on what we've seen from the comic and the trailers for the video game, so... I imagine that will have something to do with it. Maybe that's what Ra's al Ghul is going after and sending Talia al Ghul in to work with Jokers because they're trying to find this Titan formula. We don't know for sure. I imagine we'll see something because it's it, it, would, be, it would be very uncommon for a video game to continue leaving something like that open at the end of the game and it not being somewhat regarded to in the actual sequel. So I imagine we'll see something regarding. Now, let's go over some of the villains. One of the things that I've heard online is a lot of people have said, how many more villains are they going to add? You know, they're adding, it seems like they're adding a new villain every couple weeks. Well, there are, there definitely is a lot of villains. We know there's Hugo Strange. Obviously, Joker's in the game as well. Riddler's going to be playing a much, much larger role in the game. There's not just, I think they said there's a total of 400 Riddler trophies actually in the game. But on top of that, you're actually going to be battling Riddler at some point during the game as well, which is uh, nice to see. Harley Quinn will be in the game. Two-Face, we've seen in the trailers. Catwoman, we've seen in the trailers. Deadshot was announced last month. Uh, we know that Solomon Grundy will be in the game, as well as Penguin. And we also know Mr. Freeze will be in the game. Talia al Ghul will also be in the game. And then there's a couple of villains that we have heard are going to be in the game, but know very little about. We know that Bane will be in the game because he's been in screenshots for the game. It's been rumored that Poison Ivy, Victor Zaz, and Killer Croc will also be in the game, but we don't know a lot about any of those characters being in the game because Rocksteady hasn't released really anything having to do with it. In the comic that was released, Poison Ivy is in Arkham City according to the comic, but she's taking up residence in the Botanical Gardens. As far as the comic goes, we didn't see anything about Killer Croc. We didn't see anything about Bane, so it's hard to know exactly what role those two characters will have in the game, if any. But we also know that uh, Calendar Man's going to be in the game, even though it's going to be a very small role. Um, and there's a number of other characters that they've hinted at that could possibly be in the game as well, including Black Mask, Ratcatcher, and Maxi Zeus. Now, uh, these characters have actual places inside of Arkham City 
such as the Sionis Industries Building, which refers to Black Mask, the Gotham Olympus Club, or something like that, which refers to Maxi Zeus. This is hints that these characters exist, but we don't know for sure. I think it'd be cool to see them. There's also word that as time progresses, there will be some downloadable content that will come out for the game, new challenge maps and things, and some of those might relate to villains that aren't actually in the game as well. There's been rumors about Ra's al Ghul and Clayface, so needless to say, there's going to be a number of villains, a lot more than the the main four or five villains that were in Arkham Asylum. Tons of stuff going on in this game, like they've said over and over again, is five times larger, and in some senses, it seems as if it has five times as many villains. I suppose that they're going to want to tie in a lot of the villains that they put in before, aren't they? And then they're going to want to add their own villains. And then I can see actually why they've got quite a large roster of villains. Because, as you said, each area is going to have its own villain. And I think they said they, said they hinted at a gang war. So I'm wondering whether that might play a a role in it and why there are so many villains in in the game. I like that they're they're putting as many villains in here as they are. It's going to definitely extend the length of time that you can play the game, particularly if you don't necessarily have to defeat every single one to, you know, finish the game a certain way. As you said, there's different ways to play the game. And one of the things I always enjoy about these games is seeing the animators and the creators take on the characters. So the more they're willing to put in, the happier I am. I'm looking forward to all the characters. One of the characters I just realized I forgot to mention was Scarecrow. We don't know whether or not Scarecrow will be in the game. I, I seem to remember that when Batman Arkham Asylum was actually being released, we didn't know a lot about actually Scarecrow being in the game up until right before it came out. Besides the villains, we also know that Robin will be in the game. We know that Alfred will be in the game, even if it's just through with. With Alfred, we do know that those characters will be in the game as well. We still don't know whether or not we'll be playing as Robin during the actual game. We've been told over and over again we won't be, but they've also said a number of times that Robin will actually have his own set of gadgets and things like that, and it seems a little odd for a character to... for them to develop a character to the links of making a number of gadgets and character sets for the character if the character was only going to be able to be used in the challenge maps. They, Catwoman is going to be playable in the game during select parts of the game as well. I think it'd be cool to play as Robin. I The only thing I'm hoping is that Robin doesn't have blonde hair. Oh, well, I don't know. I think he looked quite good with blonde hair, but well, that's just me. Kind of Eminem-ish. <laughs> this could be Tim Drake's new career. Well. Keep listening, DC. I've got ideas. That was random. Uh, yeah, I, I think... I don't know, for the, the lengths that they're going to, with within the game itself, you know, that you can now go back and play it in plus one extra hard with all your gadgets mode, it would, wouldn't surprise me if they you know, they just gone to all that extent for for Robin just in the challenge maps because before the challenge maps literally were just you and your fists and that's it so if you could now use gadgets I think that would be an 
interesting and better take on on the challenge maps and expand it. So I think that's probably why. I think if Robin's playable in it, it's. I don't know. I, I'm. I think it's going to just be too much, and I. I. I do want him in it. I. You know. Don't get me wrong. I'm a massive Robin fan. I love his character. I, I think it's brilliant. But I think save that for the third game, and just leave it. Batman and Catwoman. So shippers like Stella can go nuts with it, and it doesn't overload the game, and you don't feel like you're constantly swapping. And losing that connection that that works so well in Arkham Asylum. I would like to see Robin as a playable character within the game, but not if, as John said, if you lose that connection to the character. I I would sooner see him than Catwoman. That's my personal opinion, but I'm not disappointed. If they do choose to keep him only in challenge maps, I do think it's kind of surprising that they went you know, through all the trouble of developing his gadgets and everything about his character just for that specific purpose. That seems like a lot of outlay of work. I guess if that is the case, and that's the reason why the character, I guess that gives a a little bit more added bonus to actually playing the challenge maps is being able to play like before. Although we did have the Joker as a playable character in some of the challenge maps for Batman Arkham Asylum, and I don't think it was... Oh my gosh, I get to play as the Joker, so I definitely have to play these challenge maps. But I think that was like a, a bonus for those of you, for those out there who actually would want to play the challenge maps. So, out of all the villains, who are you guys most excited about? I'd say Mr. Freeze. I like his character. I think he's he's a different kind of villain. And I know in the last podcast, Nick said that he was where it was kind of going to be a a duck and a dive you know dodging his ice gun and it would it might not be brilliant but i i just think it's going to add something to the game i don't think it necessarily will be just running around hiding from from his ice gun i think it's it, it's going to be a lot more than that and i think it's going to add an interesting element to the storyline especially if they they work him into it and he's not really a, a a bit character again it's something for for hugo strange to to play with really and and sort of evolve and develop and and manipulate but in a way that's different from say the joker or or the riddler or or any or any of the other villains for me it's probably a toss-up between scarecrow and Deadshot, just because I really do love anything where Bruce gets to use his detective skills, and if that's if that's the point of bringing Deadshot in, yeah, I want to know why he's there. I want I want to find out as Bruce Wayne why Deadshot is there. I think the character I'm probably looking forward to two different characters for very very distinct differences. I'm looking forward to Solomon Grundy just because I want to see Solomon Grundy be Solomon Grundy. Solomon Grundy is a brute, but he's a dumb brute. He's not He's not Bane. He's not as, you know, as uh, psychological and in- intellectual as Bane. He is definitely not Killer Croc. He is a brute who does, is not very smart in most incarnations, at least. And I am super interested to see 
how Solomon Grundy is going to be in the game. If he's just going to be this chained up being in Penguin's basement to, you know, as Penguin's, like, huge henchman or something like that. I want to see exactly how Solomon Grundy... The other character I'm super interested in is the Riddler. For the most part, I, I've never really been a huge fan of the Riddler. I find the idea of the Riddler kind of ridiculous. But the way that they're show, like, they've shown the Riddler in this game is more of like a twisted psycho killer. More so than, I'm just a psycho who has everything he has to do with riddles. In some senses, I've thought of some of the things that they showed with the death traps, where the Riddler captures random civilians and puts them in these death traps, similar to what we've seen in the, in the Saw movies, and Batman has to solve the way to save these people, it's a little bit more interesting. Yes, it's still a riddle, but it's not some distinct, you know, laughable context of a bunch of words that come across as a riddle. It's, it's more of a, are you as smart as the Riddler? And that's, I like the, 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 that they're taking it, the Riddler that way instead of, oh, well, I have a riddle for you. What's black and blue and flies? A, a black and blue bat. I uh, who who cares? It, it, like the it's 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 those are dumb riddles. And I like the idea of the Riddler being a very smart intellectual person who can control a number of different things. So I think the Riddler is a, definitely a character I'm looking forward to. All right. So Batman Arkham City is like I said coming out later this month. It's going to be a bit available on both Xbox 360 and PlayStation 3. There will be the normal edition and the collector's edition. The collector's edition will include a number of different things like a actual Kotobukiya Batman statue, a collectible art book, the digital music album from Water Tower Music, including the soundtrack that we actually talked about earlier, the a copy of the DC animated film Batman Gotham Knight, as well as an, a wide range of additional in-game content such as exclusive skins like uh, Dark Knight Returns skin and the Iceberg Lounge challenge map. Um, there's a number of pre-order exclusives from a number of different retailers all around the world. The best thing to do is do your research before you actually pre-order the game because you want to get the best deal for your money. And although a lot of these exclusives will eventually be released on PlayStation Network and Xbox Marketplace, the idea is you want to get the most for your money now. If you are really interested in skins, there's a number of different retailers around the world that have a number of pre-order exclusives with the character skins. If you want challenge maps, there's there's retailers that have challenge map exclusives. So just be on the lookout for things like that because it's definitely something worth being interested in. The game will also come out in PC later on in November. Obviously, keep checking the website for a release date for that. But those of you out there who don't have an Xbox and don't have a PlayStation, maybe have a Nintendo Wii, as you know, Nintendo has announced that they are coming out with something called the Wii U, which is coming out in 2012. And when that comes out, Batman Arkham City will have one of the launching titles for the Wii U. So that game will also be available on the Wii U. Now, you'll have to probably wait an additional year before that actually comes out. But that's another possibility for people out there who are interested in sticking with Nintendo. Now for the release dates, as I mentioned earlier, the game will be coming out October 18th in North America, October 19th in Australia, October 21st in Europe, 
and a number of other places on October 21st. And then in Japan, the game will be coming out November 23rd. So, if you are interested in the game, go out there, buy the game, play the game, head over to the forums and leave your comments about the game. We're going to start, make sure we start up a thread of talking about everything that you've seen in the game, things you want to discuss about the game, all kinds of stuff. Get into the conversation with that. In addition to that, we are going to do a special sometime November, December time frame related to Batman Arkham City. Kind of talking about everything that's gone through with the game that we've talked about, that we've seen in the game. Our likes or dislikes, things like that. There will actually be a special for that. Probably The discussion will probably be too long for a feature for the normal cast. So that's what you can look forward to that. So that is the end of this feature. So, as always, you can head over to the website for all the news related to everything we discussed on this podcast, as well as everything related to the comic books. You can join the forums and become a member. Just remember, if you do so, please reply to the email after you register, stating that you need your account activated, and we'll be sure to activate your account. A number of discussions happening every day related to the new comic book series for the part of the DC New 52 as well as everything else related to Batman as well. You can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. Posting a number of videos on YouTube almost every other week, as well as updates on Facebook and Twitter every single day. You can head over to iTunes and leave us a review. You can check out all of our other podcasts, including the Batman Universe Batbooks for Beginners, for those of you who are interested in getting into the comic books, you want to know a little bit more about Batman continuity, uh, prior to the new 52, you can check out Bat Books for Beginners. It is on iTunes right now with 20 episodes already posted. And you can check out pretty much everything else we have to offer. Just head over to the website. Everything's there. Everything's Everything we have to offer is on the website. Um, next month, we will be covering Batman Year One for our feature. Our thoughts about the film itself. If you have a spotlight character you would like to hear us do... Email us at podcast at thebatmanuniverse.net and let us know your spotlight character that you'd like to see or hear us do. And if you have any other questions, comments, or concerns about the podcast, email us, podcast at thebatmanuniverse.net. So that's everything for this episode. This is Dustin. This is John. This is Melinda. You've been listening to the Batman Universe Podcast. We'll see you guys next month. May the force be with you.